You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Hey, Mike. Greg Hectus. I'm back. All right. And special guest, David Hall. Hello. Hey, hey. well, welcome. All right. Thank well, you, thank let's, you. yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, and in iRacing, you're, you're known as David K. Hall, uh, middle initial K. Uh, so let's uh, get to know you a little bit, uh, David. I got to know you because uh, you're a listener, and uh, we were talking about um, volume and podcast levels and stuff like that. I hope I got it straightened out. But um, anyway, ended up inviting you on, so let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, let's start out with when did you first hear about iRacing, and um, how did you initially hear about it? Well, it's been a long time, actually, so I don't remember exactly. I used to run back in the... Uh r factor days in a mod called stock car evolution or yeah that's what we called it stock car evolution and eventually i racing came out about the same time and i tried it out for a while and then i kind of faded from sim racing for a while until the octus rift came out i see yeah looking at your stats it looks like you started in 2010 so eight years ago uh had an absence until 2015 it looks like when you came back and have been running ever since Looking yeah. at your uh, road uh, stats, it looks like, um, as far as official racing, you have a pretty even split amongst oval and road, and your road winning percentage a little above three percent. Yeah, the um, I I started in ovals in one day during a Sonoma race. I was so frustrated, I was like, I just decided I'm going to learn to r- drive uh, the road cars and. I started, you know, all the way back in the rookie cars and worked my way up. And since the Ferrari GTE has come out, I fell in love with that car and I run it a lot as well as I've recently started running the 919 quite a bit. And I have a blast in those cars as well, but I still enjoy the ovals. All right. All right. So let's talk about that. How often are you racing right now and what series are you running? Is it official? Is it league? Are you have a team? I like the pickup nature of the official races because uh, my real life job keeps me pretty busy. So I can't commit to always being home on a certain night of the week. Um, I do like to try to run the NIS over the, even though the last two months, the unluckiness that I've had in the series has been pretty ridiculous. I run quite a bit of IMSA as well as the Le Mans sprint series, depending on which track both series are running. Actually, before you go any further there, Mike, it sounds like uh, Mike and I are going to be joining you there in that serious, uh, David. IMSA or Le Mans? The, uh, the uh, Le Mans Sprint Series. Yeah, it's pretty fun. If you if you drive the GT in that car, you're, it, it blows your mind how fast a, one of those prototypes will fly by you, the hybrids. Uh, but now I'm driving one of the prototypes, and, and God, they, they drive like a dream. It's, you, you jump out of one of those and, go, and then go right back over to driving, say, the cup car at Bristol, and it's, it's so different. But they're both fun. Well, absolutely. Um, let's talk Le Mans just for a moment. Um, you, you mentioned you ha- you're on a team and you're preparing. Tell us about that team and uh, tell us about your effort, what car you're running, and that's coming up here uh, two days from now, right? 
Yep. I'm not sure exactly which uh, race we're going to run, the earlier one or the late one. I run with a group. I'm, I'm actually kind of with two teams, but the, the one I've been with for a long time is Martinsville Mafia. It's a couple of friends that actually live about five miles from the Martinsville track. And we just get together and like to run some of the long endurance races. They're not as heavy into running road courses every day like I am. So then I also have started hanging out with a group called Royalty Racing, and I ran spa with them and have a lot of time hanging out with both groups. A lot of fun. We've uh, run quite a few practice laps for Le Mans. We've run quite a few. We've hosted several practice sessions followed by races. We've got a set fairly well dialed in. Uh, and also got a pretty good idea of how to manage the battery and look forward to having a good fun race. The key is really not going to be just how fast you are in that race, but getting around GTEs patiently is is the the way to finish the race well. Yeah, and uh, I, I know there's going to be a 100 incident limit uh, in this 24-hour race, so be careful. But a lot of the corners have been, uh, if you cut, it's a slow down. Uh, situation instead of an actual incident point so that that's also been adjusted a little bit there was a lot of fuss after spa because people knew that they couldn't get eliminated in a spa there was no slowdowns but you could take off tracks and gain a lot of time and so people were just racking up a lot of incidents uh le mans has never functioned that way le mans hits you harder with the slowdowns and so the the incident limit is not really going to be relative. If you're getting those slowdowns, you're not going to have a good race if you get too many of them. Right. So um, real quickly, let's sidetrack. Greg, you want to tell us quickly about our effort at Tifosi, uh for the 24 hours? Uh, do we have a solid effort? I think we're still in the planning stages maybe. Uh, well, it looks like. Right now, it's going to be the three. It's me, Phil, and Mike are going to do it. Um, we're set on, I guess, the three of us doing the whole rate, uh, the whole thing, and just switching off. Because um, uh, Brent had to uh, pick up a weekend shifts to be our fourth guy there. Yeah, you need a look, couple more guys probably. Uh, and so now's the time. Right now, where people there's a lot of individual drivers out there looking for teams. Uh, see if they can get into the car, get into the event, and if you just find the right ones, uh, you know it works out. And we and in the past when we've done these rosters, like David Flowers was managing it, uh, he would go to other teams and pick up some people. Like uh, a guy like Mike Ducker came on. He wasn't part of Tafosi, but he came on and ran with us, and it was did a great job. And so if you get the right people, it works. Yeah, we're just. Uh... We're just still working on it. I think uh, right after the podcast tonight, I think me and Phil and Mike are going to come up with a game plan. All right, cool. All right, David Hall, let's uh, keep going here. Uh, talk about your setup, what you race with. I, I, know, I know you mentioned uh, the Oculus, but uh, tell us you know, about the Oculus and, and what other hardware do you have, wheels, pedals, how many monitors, and then third-party software. I have two monitors and I actually used to run iRacing on a two monitor setup where I would actually kind of just extend it just enough to where I could see the driver's side of the window. But now I run the Oculus and I definitely enjoy the, the, the ability to just feel like I'm in a car. I don't have, I just sit in an office chair, but it still gives you a really good sense of the direction of the car. I still have a G27 wheel. I feel like I get, get along fine with the wheel, but I did upgrade my pedals to uh, Fanatec V3s. And when I jumped 
to those, I felt like uh, the throttle control that it that it gave me made a huge difference. Yeah, doesn't it? You know, I also have a G27, and uh, the G27 pedals, you know, you think they're not too bad until you try another set of pedals, and it almost feels like that G27 throttle is either off or on. It's really hard to get some kind of percentage of throttle somewhere in the middle, and when you get to a nice set of proper pedals, it's a world of difference. Yeah, the oval, especially in the oval in the cup car, which I mostly run, the a lot of people will complain about the tight and then snap loose off condition. But if you've got a pedal that you can really gradually bring up, you can get really good exits. As far as uh, third-party software, I use the sim racing apps so I can hear the countdown. But as far as I know right now, there's no way to get any of the overlays into the Rift display. And I also use Crew Chief, which is really great, especially uh, in road races because it calculates your fuel and, and you can do everything by voice. Yep. Yeah, Greg, you use uh, Crew Chief, uh, right? Yeah, I use Crew Chief, and I uh, I use the uh, sim racing apps on a ta- an extra screen. But uh, I also have the same pedals that you do, uh, David, there, but I have them inverted, the inverted set. I didn't think to get those when I buy that, but I was already so com- so accustomed to the on the ground set that I, I don't think it bothers me so much. Well, you got to have a way to hang them. That's the hard part, right? Well, the fanatic ones are already hung the way that they're all mounted together. Oh, I see. So it's off. It's still all sitting on the floor, right? Well, it, yeah, it has a special mount and legs that hold it in place when it's on the floor. Mine's on my cockpit, right? I see. All right. Well, uh, David, a final question uh, we'll ask is, what was your most memorable iRacing moment so far? It didn't really come in a moment. as more more of a week. I led IMSA Division 5 last season for almost the whole season. And then the last week, a couple of guys just flat out leapfrogged me that I thought I had a nice, comfortable lead over. So we were in Montreal in week 12, and I just was like, okay, forget it. I'll go race as many races as possible and stop worrying about the points and for some reason it montreal just clicked for me and i ripped off four weeks over the week or four wins excuse me i I ripped off four wins that was that was basically the best week of racing i'd ever had on either court either a road or an oval course right all right well i mean you're you're not doing too shabby here in 2018 your road official stats win percentage four percent uh, that's pretty high, uh, actually, and so good job, and uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we're going to jump right into topics here, and uh, let's get a discussion going. And so, uh, Greg, I guess go ahead and take up the first one. Uh, it's the World Cup X, is what I guess they're calling it, or World Cup of iRacing. Um, it's a special event uh, for the 10th anniversary um tournament will be broadcasted live on the iRacing eSports network and uh, iRacing Live. Uh, looks like there's going to be some nice prize money. Uh, $1,000. Oh, sorry, in credits. Sorry. $1,000 in credits. Um, so looks like it's scheduled to start November 3rd through the 17th. Yeah, this is the 10th year of that. Uh, I don't know why they think they need to call it uh, 
the World Cup X because it's the 10th anniversary. It's not an iPhone. But, uh, no, I, I've, I think I ran this the first year I was in iRacing, but I never touched it since. I mean, you guys ever run this World Cup? Yeah, no, cricket. Not me. Yeah, no, I, I, have, I haven't People either. don't hear about it much, right? This is yeah, the first a, I'd heard of it. Yeah, that's really? a problem with a lot of things in iRacing. You, just, you don't hear about the stuff. You, you load up straight into the schedule. You don't see things. I don't know that I would have known about NIS, NIS until after the season started if it wasn't for the podcast, honestly. Yeah, I think that's something that iRacing is lacking a little bit. I mean, back my understanding of the World Cup was back in the day, when in the early years of iRacing, this was the prestigious event. And they would it would be pitting the clubs against each other, you know, and... I'm the West Club, and you know you're in the East Club, and then there's the Europe Club, and whatever. And uh, it was a big deal back then, but now in 2018, I don't even know how if it's relevant anymore. How many people do they have participating? I mean, they do have a thousand dollar purse. I mean, that's not too bad. I remember this now, back in when it first started. Yeah, because this was. I think this had to do with the. Uh, I'm just reading more into it, but they they were trying to run this along with the their special events. It was its own special event thing back in the day too. And uh, yeah, you would have you know I'd have since I'm Canadian, you have Canadian East and West facing off and stuff like that. Yeah, your club. Yep. But. Uh... Yeah, I mean, participation was bad. I mean, when I would look into this, I remember in the past, I'm the West Club because I'm in Arizona, and there was, like, nobody from the West. There were, like, a handful of people, like a half dozen. And so, obviously, it wasn't even enough to actually compete, you know, with the other countries that were actually trying. So I wish them well, and, you know, I wanted to bring it up on the podcast. First topic, you know, hey, World Cup is out there, guys, November 3rd through the 17th. Get it, you might get a 1000 bucks, especially if it's a lower turnout and you're good. I mean, it's like, you know, taking candy from babies, maybe. I don't know. All right, Chris, what's next? Uh, next looks like we have a forum post from Kevin Bobbitt um, about the Sim Racing Expo 2018. It's like uh, Sim Racing is going to be there along with their good friends from Race Spot. So uh, September 14th through 16th is uh, the dates for this. If you happen to be in Germany or <laughs> want to make an expensive trip, definitely check it out. Yeah, there's a lot going on in sim racing in Europe right now with the Formula One stuff and the McLaren and all that, uh, which we're going to talk about later. But uh, yeah, this is an annual event. Our racing's been there several years in a row, I think, and uh, now they're coming back. So cool. Good to see them do. I wish they had more events like this or just booths that they could pop up at dirt track races or whatever. I think a real important thing is getting your hands on, you know, on sim. It's it, just watching YouTube videos didn't quite. The, and convey the experience to people who are used to racing video games, basically. All right, I'm next. Uh, this is the big one, guys. Uh, Tony Gardner with a follow-up post from the previous week where he had talked about what content was going to be released in the September build. 
And so this was a discussion about everything else that's not making the September build that is basically in progress. So I'm going to paraphrase and, and kind of go through this. Uh, damage, we just did a blog and video about it. It's an all or nothing feature and we highly doubt we will swap out any existing damage model for the new one in this calendar year. We are making great progress as you've hopefully saw. We still have a lot to do and a lot of testing. We're talking about 80 plus cars uh, and car combinations and hundreds of circuits. Um, that testing I'm sure will result in many rounds of tweaking. AI making really good progress on the AI itself and the related UI. We will start with both a one-off race option and the ability to make a whole season including loading rosters. We are excited about it but still have work to do on both the AI and the UI. In fact, we, may, we plan on making AI available in the booth at the Sim Expo in Germany for people to try. It is very fun and quite good. Day to night, the graphic engineers are on the home stretch of the project. We just finished up the cloud shadows for the dynamic track today, which was one of the last challenges graphically. Now they're starting on hooking up the current weather from the sim weather generator. This puts us in position for the final stages of involving more teams, for example, web database and others. And then on to testing. I know the engineers are still targeting the December for release and we still have a fighting chance to reach that goal, but it will be tight. So he's saying that day night might come in the December build or in December. Uh, I definitely wish we had that available for Le Mans, or at least of changing weather conditions where it drastically gets colder. I had this idea that we were, we changed the Le Mans date to accommodate this day night, but it was actually because it was some kind of server issue or server thing. I don't remember. No, it was changed early because of the day night. They were pro thinking it was going to be out in September. That's why they did it, but they didn't put it in the September part. All right. Okay. So now we're back to December for the day night. Yeah. It's hard to keep up. Okay. Uh, I'm going to hide dynamic rendering. This project is mainly done and will roll out with day to night. Uh, new sound engine called X audio, the letter X audio. Uh, we'll talk about that more in another, uh, but that's going to be cool. Tire model V7. It is not going to make the September build. We're excited about it, but a couple issues, problems were discovered. We did more in-depth testing. Somewhere right now, Hammer's hitting his head against the wall. <laughs> oh my gosh. So at least probably December on the tire model. He doesn't even say that. He just says it isn't going to be September. His name two more times, I bet he shows up. I, I know he's not tonight. He's busy. Ah, Are you sure? Okay, beta UI. Hammer, a, hammer. A big quality and speed <laughs> improvement sitting on the trunk that we hope to roll out in September, but it's going to be close. So big beta UI stuff. I don't know. Uh, rain. It says not a 2018 possibility for rain. Still quite a ways to go, but they're working on it. Here's an idea with the rain. Bring out the new tire model, and then when it starts raining, just go back to the old tire model, and we'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. there we go. 
Uh, graphics and animations, multiple projects underway. Oval Dirt Surface, you should see a nice improvement coming in the September build for Oval Dirt Surface. And that's pretty much it. So quite a laundry list, guys. What do you think about what we hit there? There's a lot that they've put in that that I to me it seems like it's it's trying to get people to hang on till Christmas or December, but it doesn't look like some of those are even going to be met then. It's like, you know, we're going to dangle this carrot in front of you, but it might not even be in fruition at all of any of these things. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. At most of them, it seems like they're bad news, but at least it's all news. I, I like that they're keeping us updated with everything. I'd like to see one of these like every quarter or something, you know, every three or four months. Just this is this is the big stuff and this is where we're at. You know, sorry. Uh, they over they it. pretty <laughs> much do that. This yeah, was warranted. In pieces, yeah, if you collect it all together, like like in your, your awesome email box. But yeah, it's, I don't see a ton of you know, this where you can find something all in one place because most of the stuff, you miss it, you miss it. You hear about it on really, the sim, rumors. I don't really feel there's any uh, malintent on when they're trying to time this stuff. I like the fact that they're openly communicating when uh, something doesn't click as fast as they wanted it to. Sure. And it seems like when the stuff does come out, I, at least just in the time I've been on the sim, it has nothing's ever came out completely broken. You'll get that with a lot of other pieces of software. Once they it hits the you know, the the main users, you have all kinds of problems. And it seems like they take the time to do the extra testing to make sure they don't completely break the sim when they change something. Yeah, there were, if you remember, there, EVE Online put out a patch that actually deleted Windows.ini. Oh yeah, I mean, just about every any big game. I mean, it just has huge. You know, they they'll do something from time to time, fairly often, that'll cause huge problems. And so at least, even if we're waiting on the stuff, at least hopefully, when we get it, when we get you know dynamic track, when we get day to night, when we get AI, it's all just like everything else they give us. Awesome, you know. Yeah, I wasn't trying to blame Iris for it. It just seems like it's the way that's written. It's just there to. To hold people on and drag it out, but I'm not saying oh, they're it doing it purposely. Oh, it definitely is. It's definitely to like spray water on the people with the pitchforks. <laughs> well, you got to remember back in the early spring, David Kamer, when he wrote a big blog about his tire model, he did say, you know, it would be in the June build, I think, when it, in that. And so, and here we are, you know, we're not making the September build, so now it's going to be December. So it's like a, uh, you know, it's an ongoing discussion. Tony knows that, and that's why he's saying it that way with that tone, I think, because everybody knows this is an ongoing, you know, discussion. Yeah, and the tire build I almost might put separate from this because it, that that is the one thing that has, I mean, that's really affecting the racing. There's people that aren't racing because, because of it. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm not the the programmer, so I don't know what it takes to get that thing going. I'm sure it's huge, huge undertaking, but at the same time, man, gotta get that thing done. Get gotta get something. Yeah, we have less teammates running because of that. It, I think they'd be running fixed more if we had a decent tire. Anyway, there's more elaboration here, as you could imagine. Tyler Hudson posted uh, about the dirt model surface some additional details he said chasing moisture moisture will be more important than it's ever been and the tracks will slow down sometimes as much as two seconds uh, the track transitions have been increased in general the track will progress faster and at times significantly faster depending on prep and so they're making some pretty big swings at it 
Also, uh, another detail was Eric Hudak, uh, who's one of the uh, dynamicist uh, engineers uh, on the cup car. Uh, he wrote in regard to the uh, the Max Camber issue. Uh, I want to read a, a little bit of what he wrote. He says, it's remarkable how close the short track, flat track, and road course setups appear to the real-life setups, actually. It's still ad advantageous. Uh, excuse me. It is still advantageous to run as much camber as you can, of course, yet nobody competitive is monster trucking or getting that left side high at those places. It's just the bank tracks. And if you look at telemetry of the best open setups, it's, again, amazingly how close the on-track performance metrics compared to the real NASCAR. And so he's saying that even though we have this max cat, uh, camber thing, the setup still match. We're still running what the big boys are running. This would be the time for Hammer to come in. Yeah. But uh, if he says that's true, uh, you can believe it. This is the guy I think he was working for Richard Childress Racing as an engineer over there. Uh, one more elaboration was um, from Eric. Uh, the only thing that will impact your static setups will be if we can make something hurt the high camber performance. It is something we are working on. And so it sounds like they're still working on some kind of band-aid for the high camber. Well, they're going to, if they put the tire model out, they'll just roast the inside and blow a bead probably or something like that. You'll just create too much heat in one thing and you'll just destroy the tire. Okay, and then the final uh, breakout on Tony's information was from David Tucker talking about X-Audio. Um, X-Audio <clears throat> says, we're just going to have one hardware sound voice for each speaker and do everything else in the software. And so the current sound model that they're using is limited to 64 voices, so to speak. 64 different sounds can be mixed together to your headset for your sound, but that will limit it goes away because they're going to do everything in software now. It's a totally different way of doing it. And so the sound uh, quality or the ability to change the sound quality is going to drastically increase and there's going to be some big differences. It'd be interesting to see because, you know, I've, this sound's been around forever on since the day one they've been using this type of stuff it's not it's been this basic sound setting yeah hopefully a bit of improvement i sound makes a big difference i actually jumped in the b car for the first time in a really long time the other night and man it sounds so much better than the a car and no, i'm not even saying that the a car doesn't sound realistic I, I, that's it's hard for me to compare the two um with like what i see on the tv since i've never sat in one but man i just, i want that b car sound in there maybe this one will uh Spice it up a bit. I've always thought, I don't know about you guys, I always I thought the crash sounds were a little weird. All of the uh, GTA, GTA sports card guys are in love with the way the Porsche sounds. Yeah, they've definitely done some good things. It, hopefully this just improves it more. Yeah, any of the newer cars, you can hear, you know, the work because they're newer, because they're, you know, trying different things. But, yeah, once they get this new sound model out, it's going to be a game changer, I think, is the way I understand it. But... All right, Chris, let's, can you pick up the next one? Uh, yes. 
Um, the meatloaf one. Oh, why do I always think meatloaf when I see that? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, I skipped over this one because I thought you might um, be covering it since um, you were invited us to this event. But really awesome event um, that uh, I, I've, I don't want to get their podcast name wrong and say meatloaf as well. Is it the M? M-O-A-T-F. M-O-A-T-F. My opinion and therefore fact. always want to leave out the A. But I've listened to these guys for probably uh, six months ago or so. Um, since Mike suggested them. And they're putting on an event um, to raise money for the Children's Miracle Network and inviting a bunch of uh, huge names in iRacing along with some of the the streamers. And our own Mike Ellis fell, fell into that category and is getting invited. Yeah, that's crazy. I got invited to this uh, event. Uh, at first, I'm like, what in the world is this? But I started looking into it, and it's obviously a podcast that I've listened to uh, who covers NASCAR racing in general. Uh, they had a great podcast just recently about Watkins Glen, and uh, it was a, a great listening to these guys. They are from Europe and have that accent, of course, uh, that's not quite American, and does make an interesting take when you're listening to NASCAR from their perspective uh, over there. But anyway, uh, what a race. It's going to be November 24th. It is a fundraiser for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And uh, some of the names on the list include me, I guess because I'm a host of a podcast about iRacing, but uh, Rutgers Kev was on there, uh, Kevin, uh, as well. But uh, all kinds of other names, including uh, some... Uh, big hitters, you know, like, uh, for, exa- uh, for example, uh, Sebastian Job, uh, Martin Kroenke from Coander Simsport, who's the F1 driver, uh, Isaac Price, Jimmy Broadbent, Neil Hackens, uh, all they- kinds of uh, names. Yeah, they've got some big YouTubers on there that uh, participate a lot in iRacing on it. Yeah, all yeah, the big I, streamers. Yeah, if I understand, they're going to be auctioning off tickets, um, $25 a piece, and you can race in this race with these um, um, iRacing celebrities, basically. Sounds like a really cool event. Yeah, I'm looking at the website, but I'm pretty sure Mitchell DeJong is part of the list oh, now. Yeah, I was going to say that I think he was on the list you sent us in the team chat, but I was trying to find that and couldn't find it. They said yeah. they're going to up. They're going to say they're going to update it as they get confirmation that they're going. Yeah, I asked for the day off. It's one of the days I work, so we'll see. But I hope to take part in uh, in the event. And uh, if you guys want to check it out. Uh, I guess the easiest way is to go find the uh, the meatloaf guys over on Twitter. I'm sorry. I mean the M-O-A-T-F guys is what you would search. Motif. And uh, Definitely th- a good podcast, too. They're yeah, fun to listen and, to. and a shout-out and thanks to those guys for even thinking about me and getting me involved in it. I appreciate the opportunity, so thank you. I don't know uh, how long that they've been uh, trying going at this for, but uh, they've already raised uh, $512.15 for their goal to be at $3,000. they are not going doing too bad. Nice. Yeah, they did put up a YouTube video, the greatest grid of sim racers ever assembled is what it says. 
And so it should be fun. I think it's going to be Sebring. Uh, it's called the Race of the Decade, November 24th. All right, let's see. What's next? That's you, Greg. Uh, just open it up here. Uh, looks like uh, I'm going to butcher this name. Is it Otto Zebini? I don't, I'm not sure yeah, how to pronounce staff. that. I apologize, Otto. Uh, dear competitors, thanks for all the efforts so far this season. We, uh, As we wind the regular season down, I wanted to share the changes in the schedule for the playoffs. While it's hard to accommodate all schedules, we felt that too many competitors had issues with the weekend races. We have decided, along with NASCAR, to make all the races in, in playoffs and finals to be on Wednesday evening at 8 p.m., so, I'm yeah. This looking is at the this NASCAR Ignite series is what he's talking about, okay, which is yeah, that it's... youth uh, NASCAR series. So yeah, they're changing the dates around. Uh, sounds like uh, the way he writes it that NASCAR had a um, part of that decision that they wanted it on Wednesday, which I guess doesn't. You know, I don't blame them. I guess that's a good day for it. Are they trying to keep it away from their stuff too? Like, uh, you know, have another thing in the middle of the week for people to be drawn to? You know, that's the question. I mean, you know, they obviously run Saturday, Sunday. There are discussions in NASCAR about are they going to maybe start doing a midweek show on Wednesday or Thursday? And so if they're targeting Thursday, it would make sense that they put this on Wednesday. We got peak on Tuesday, so... They got some idea. They can have some really good content during the week to keep people that are really interested in NASCAR if they can do it right. Right. Now, the other part of this post is uh, we got a listener email uh, from a listener named Jeff Marble, and uh, so I had a few communications with Jeff, and he sent us a, a little bit. Uh, I want to read just a, a little bit of what he sent over because he was talking about the Ignite series and. Um, Remember the kid we had on earlier, what was his name, uh, who ran that series? Oh, Tot? Or tot. Spencer Tart. Tart, sorry. Yeah, he... Uh, sorry, Twittered, Spencer. Yeah, he, he Twittered uh, this week. He won the final race in the NASCAR Ignite series. And uh, he was excited about where it's going to take him next. But he actually won the final event, his split. But anyway, back to Jeff Marble. Uh, he said his t son, Tyler Marble, who's 15 years old, has been on the service for one year. He wanted to do the NASCAR Ignite Series. It required purchasing additional tracks. Wasn't really crazy, crazy about buying all the different tracks. Uh, so I was thinking, well, how can I get a sponsor? For the heck of it, I thought about hitting up my local racetrack, Lancaster National S Speedway, just outside of Buffalo, New York. I had a friend in my league paint up a Legends car, made it look like the Pace car they, they have, and sent, a screen and sent a screenshot over. That screenshot got the ball rolling. The promoter was familiar with iRacing and was willing to help us out. I originally asked for 75 bucks. He gave us 100 So that's a pretty cool story. Doesn't. Can't hurt to ask. Yeah, and the the post that the uh, I don't have it pulled up now. The post that the the track put on their website, I think, is what that link was. That was really cool. Yeah, and so the yeah, so that gives the website, you know, Lancaster National Speedway dot com. 
they get to post something about it because they, you know, coughed up their hundred bucks and uh, they wrote up a nice little article about Tyler Marble uh, on their website. So check it out at LancasterNationalSpeedway.com. And uh, pretty cool. Uh, and there's even a nice quote here from Tim Packman, the track president at Lancaster. He said, quote, this series has gone from a hobby with drivers from all over the country to a sanctioned, sp- sponsored, and respected method for racing. NASCAR drivers such as Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Tony Stewart still compete in iRacing, even though they are no longer full-time active drivers in NASCAR. So pretty cool. Looks like Tyler's doing pretty good. Yeah, as far as uh, he's running 36 in points out of 475. The top 50 make the playoffs, so it sounds like he's going to make the playoffs. Uh, Playoffs do start on the 22nd at New Smyrna. And uh, they originally had them scheduled uh, for Saturday. It was when the races were going to be. And then apparently NASCAR stepped in and asked them to move it to Wednesday so they could broadcast it in prime time. So anyway, be aware of that. 50 drivers are going to be fighting for 17 spots in the feature each week. I wonder why they just did it. I guess 17 is the max they could probably put in. And so if you want uh, more information, guys, uh, there is a website, iRacing.com backslash NASCAR Ignite. And at the bottom is the schedule. I don't know if it's been updated to move to Wednesdays, though. But they are going to move it to Wednesdays. All right. uh, What's next? I got the next one. Uh, Week two of the 10-year celebration has begun. This time it's the Legends at... uh, where was it? Oxford. Oh yeah, Oxford. Well, they um, they switch up um, every day, kind of like the week thirteen stuff. So they're at Oxford. Well, it's already changed now. I'm not sure where they're at today, but you know, like eightish every I'll night. Check. Yeah, they they'll uh, they change oh. tracks. Pretty cool. And I'm going for the 10k prize and i racing cash, um, i racing credits, and you have to run once a week in this series for the. Four weeks, I believe it is. So they're at Charlotte today. Ooh. Okay. Well, right yeah. now it's sw- oh, does it that switch at eight p.m. Damn it! It's I think probably so. Switch at eight p.m. Here, let me. It might schedule. be a different. Yeah, it might be a different time than the normal stuff. But yeah, uh, it's Charlotte all night. Looks like it's Charlotte all today, and then tomorrow they're at USA International Speedway, Concord, oh, and then Irwindale. Oh, that's good with you. We've raced the wrong one, Mike. The rest of them are all better than Oxford Plains. They're they're really those are some good tracks. The Charlotte one's not bad either. Yeah, I got uh, I ran it because I just want to you know do the one a week. That's all I'm interested in. And uh, I finished dead last after getting spun out. Lost a hundred and ten I rating. Ouch! Yeah, they they, they don't race. they don't like your high I ratings down in the uh, lower lower areas where you're not supposed to be. <laughs> Mine cost me seventy. And it was an, a low, yeah, a low I rating split with a bunch of low I rating people. But I was running third, and first and second got into each other. And then, uh, so third got spun back behind me, and then I ended up in the middle of their little tiff. And the dude just <laughs> drove through me trying to get to the guy he was pissed at. I uh, 
I have I haven't done one yet this week. I'm gonna have to figure out what track I want to race at. But uh, I did the uh, Solstice last week. That was a fun race. Yeah, everybody, make sure to do your one a week for sure. Just like Mike said, get you're in the drawing for the ten grand and uh, I racing credits. All right. Uh, next topic is a guy named Michael Grissinger from Michigan Club uh, in the forums posted up. He says, enough guessing on SR. I did an analysis of over 750,000 laps. And so he has a blog post at a website called we are, uh, we're at games.com, actually. Anyway, uh, when you go there and click on it and it opens a PDF, and boy, it's quite a write-up. It's like a, uh, a thesis for a college uh degree or something like that i mean it's got uh, a lot of information he's got a lot of different graphs and uh analysis about what he has concluded after ch going through all these laps and finding out how sr has been affected and uh, boy it is uh something to read if you're interested my brain hurts already yeah did you find the pdf yeah i'm in it right now And so I'm going to jump to the very bottom and read his conclusion and recommendations. And uh, it, it's even hard to read just a, a little bit of it. But anyway, this preliminary analysis has significantly reassured the author that the core of the iRacing subscriber base is aligned towards good driving. And that, despite individual and group frustration at times, the system of safety rating and the race petitioning has not failed to provide a reasonable simulation of race courtesy. So that's the conclusion. Yeah. But <laughs> a lot of work done here. If you're interested, check it out. I don't know. I mean, it's a little over my head, I guess. I'd like to know why I keep running into that one person who's not, Ben. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say you see at the bottom here too it says uh reconsider qualifying and stuff like that there's better results if qualifying better than starting in the back like there's all these he's got some interesting information here on it right yeah what's interesting about that though is i yeah i almost always qualify unless i just don't feel like i'm familiar with the track but say like ovals i don't I don't really have to practice those for a long time anymore. So I'll go ahead and qualify. And then you'll have some super high I-rating guy who's like, I'm not going to qualify. I want to race up through the field. And they won't even wait one corner before they just run into you and <laughs> shove you out of the way. Yeah, you're going to have that. That's just the unluckiness sometimes, I guess. All right, Greg, you're next. All right. Uh, Alex... Gustafson uh, just was talking about uh, some maintenance, I guess, that was scheduled on the 15th, so that's already gone, been done. Yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Um, but you don't have to update. It's a different kind of update. Yeah, it looks like it's probably just like in-behind stuff that they updated just to, to get the uh, server work done that didn't cause any actual updates to anything on the game or on the sim. Yeah, they were basically down for three hours uh, to do something with the servers. And no, and I was trying to get my I rating up when they were, did that for the road. Okay. 
Chris, you got the next one, the teaser of AI. Yep, next uh, was an Instagram post by iRacing Official. Of, yeah, the new, um, just a quick little video teasing uh, their new AI. And it wasn't, it's not a long video, just a few cars, but, and it's not really all that, there's not really that much there, it just looks like a couple cars riding around the track, but I guess that's the point, right? That's what you want the AI to look like, is just somebody else riding around the track, but it was cool to see a first little peek of it anyway. It's real. Hey, Chris, did you read down in the uh, the pink, the guy that wrote in pink uh, lettering down in the post? No, no. And that look at it in the forms, it's, it'll make you laugh. Yeah, and uh, this was interesting because it, when you see the relative, it actually has names in it. So these AI cars are going to have proper names. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> got he's, he's he's wanting to protest of the AI, which is right. You know, you got to keep them straight because otherwise they're just gonna they're gonna take things over. Yeah, we got to teach them while they're young. The question is, will they protest you back when you drop a few unsavory words on comms? Oh, I only say nice things about the machines. I'm ready to serve my overlords. I'm going to be on the right side when it goes south. <laughs> it, it looked on the video like it was a. They were running around in uh, some GT3 cars. I could. I didn't recognize the the engine, but the one in front definitely was a GT class. Yep. Yeah, pretty cool. Um... There was another uh, video I found on Facebook on a closed group, and it was uh, a video of Tyler Hudson. You could see his name in the relative, and uh, he was doing the AI as well, and it was an oval uh, video. And uh, I also saw that and shared it with my team on the on the messenger. But uh, pretty cool to see that this is coming out, and uh, they're sharing it with us a little bit. All right, what's next? Uh, I'll take the next one. Sim Racing saved me yesterday, says Blair Corral in the forums. He's from Edmonton, Alberta. And uh, he says he was driving home from vacation with the family. He had his three-quarter ton pickup towing a 12,000-pound fifth-wheel holiday trailer. He's going about 75 mile an hour when about three rows of cars in front of me, I saw a green chart a green car change lanes into the side of a minivan. I saw this happening and started to slow down before anyone else did. This turned into a super speedway style big one with cars crashing into each other all across the freeway. I managed to get my rig stopped with about where that silver fire department SUV is sitting. I honestly believe that the years of sim racing and learning to pay attention to what is happening down track not just right in front of me, kept me from being involved in that rack. I've had similar situations like that, as well as uh, being able to control my car. If something forces you to get in a situation where you're pushing the limits of the car just to evade an accident. In both of, both of those cases, it's definitely helped me. <laughs> I drive the uh, big 18-wheeler, so it's uh, plenty of extra attention is paid from just being uh, alert on the sim to when I'm behind the wheel with my truck. Yeah, there's some crossover for sure, right? Yeah, particularly with what he says about how you, because he was looking farther down the road, I actually practiced that because of iRacing. I'm, I'm practicing it in real life with a bunch of boring, long drives that I have, but I'll practice just looking farther down the road and, and not ahead of me and just using the peripheral vision for that. 
and something I'm doing in real life to get better on the sim. Obviously, that's exactly what he was doing when he saw this wreck happen, and probably a lot quicker than some other people did. Also, not just anticip or not just looking down the road, but anticipating what other drivers are thinking. Yeah, yeah, I've seen this happen before. I've seen this show. <laughs> All right, we, got a, we have we have a better tire model though in real yeah. life. <laughs> All right, yeah. What's I don't know if you saw this one, Greg, but you're next. Is this ha- oh, this is Hammer's post about the incident, or it's a, about uh, incident limits hurting the sim, and I guess Hammer's got a, a thing in here. I haven't read through it completely here, but uh, I'm guessing they're talking about because of the DQing, especially with Bristol this week. It's getting pretty. People are getting up there pretty quickly with 22x. I oh, know. Yeah. To, I know today I was at 18 and I. For the last 150 laps, I I was scared to do anything, but 12 of my exes were from people that were having uh, connection issues, and and they're close to you, and sometimes when you're just racing side by side and they blink, it, you get a Phantom 4X, and, and I got that three times today and just uh, got no choice uh, when it happens, so, you know. Yeah, this I guess. post is, isn't really Hammer's post. This is a guy named Brian Blackford. Hammer jumped in the middle of it trying to uh, talk about his, you know, what his thoughts are on the SR because that's really what it's about is SR, well, not really SR, but the incident limit, um, and especially at Bristol. And so Brian Blackford, who's been around for over 10 years in iRacing, um, well-known, respected in the community, he put together a video. I actually watched through this a little bit uh, earlier today. And he put together a video showing him in the Road to Pro at Bristol and how he racked up incidents that he had really nothing to do with. Uh, he, he got hit on the first lap from the guy in behind him. He got, you know, bumped. Uh, there was another incident, you know, he touched some gutty and then that person wrecked and then so he got a 4X. And then there was another one he was actually involved in, but it wasn't his doing. And, and he goes through on and on and he calculates all up to the 22 and he gets to the last lap. He gets DQ'd out uh, because of this, you know, thing. And he's saying, you know, I didn't really cause any of these incidents, but I still got DQ'd out. And I can't blame, I actually kind of agree with him. The same thing happened to me in my first race at Bristol this week. Well, and I've, you know, you guys have seen on the messenger all week that Mike uh, Moorley and I have been trying to raise our SR on the road just so that we can make sure we qualified properly for the uh, Le Mans this weekend and trying to get the SR up there and keep a clean race and, you know, not get run over was difficult enough as it was because I like even to get my last little bit of SR this morning, I started in the pits and and it was doing a skip barber race on the road. And I, I was 10 seconds behind the pack and I still was close to getting into incidents with people all over the place, just not paying attention. Did you try running any over at the VR VIR in the IMSA? No, cause they were, there was, you know, I, I raced in the middle. Um, I work, I work nights, so I don't, I get home in the morning. So the only thing that really had participation level in the morning was like skip barber or, you know, at like 4 AM. So I was just trying to find something that would go official. Yeah, I had the. Um, I've only had time to run one Bristol race this week, and 
I already told Mike about it. The same thing happened to me. I was within the first 30 laps of the 100 lap race. I had been hit six or hit four times, you know, and had nothing to do with any of them. Right. And was immediately, I got hit twice on the same caution, actually, and picked up 8X. Yeah, it's possible. It's happened to me. I've gotten 8X before. Yeah, and I think this is a yearly topic whenever Bristol comes around, actually. The incident limit works at some tracks. It just doesn't at Bristol. I just think it needs to be a higher limit, maybe. We'll have the same discussion in a couple weeks at Martinsville and probably right. Richmond. But, I think Rich, Richmond's not as bad, but Martinsville will just be as, just as bad, and then it'll be also about the black flags at Martinsville. The biggest thing I seem to run into with Martinsville is you don't you just don't have enough time to get in and out of your pit without falling behind. Yeah, they need to slow that pace car down. I think the fix here this week is give us 26, not 22. Just four more. I think that's not would be a good compromise. I think the 22 will be okay when they're actually realistic touches. Like, if this damage model does what it's supposed to do, then, you know, you can bump into the, like, squarely hit someone in the back bumper and not cause a 4X, hopefully. Right. Well, that's good, and then maybe that's really what we're waiting for, and they don't need to tweak this at all. It'll all work out. And sometimes you might go into the corner and need eight tires, and you should be banging door to door. That shouldn't be a 4X either, as long as you're not, not wrecking anybody. And on the other hand, uh, even though I did get DQ'd in that one, I don't know if I want to see, there's been some people who have advocated just w wiping out the incident limit and just making it pure SR. I don't want somebody to be able to just go crazy for a whole race. No, that's that that, that you're you're going back to like consoles then and what they do there. You could just people can turn around in the backwards on the track and wait for you type thing. All right, Chris, you're next. Uh, next, we have a Facebook post. So I guess um, uh, let me just read the post here: the groundbreaking world's fastest gamer esports competition launched by Millennial Esports Corporation that turned an esports gamer into a McLaren Formula One simulated driver is set to be showcased on ESPN in the U.S. And um, I was reading through this a little bit earlier, and we've talked about that series on the the podcast a few times. But it looks like um, the the ESPN is going to be covering the top twelve in a four part series on it. Looks like either ESPN, ESPN two, the apps, one or the other. Um, did you catch when this starts, Mike? Um, like maybe later this month. I wanted to say it was. 25th? I think it's August 25th. Yeah, that's when it starts. Uh, so watch for that on ESPN, guys. This is big. That's really uh, cool. To have sim racing on ESPN. I mean, they have every other kind of sport on ESPN. Why not sim racing? And so now it's finally coming. As far as I know, this is the first time this has happened. Yeah, they have a short clip of what they're expecting, and it, it looks kind of like the other esports series. Very A lot of neon and lights and well done looks looks really cool yeah i'm interested to see it so all right greg what's next oops sorry i went up too far here uh all right uh looks like the last thing we got here um it's from ty majeski uh posted says i got a couple of wins in iRacing ford at uh, WIR Motorsports. I'm not sure about that track. What track is that? Um, is Wisconsin. Is that Wisconsin? 
Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, then he went, went and uh, had a tour of uh, Roche Industries, which would be an interesting uh, tour. It sounds like he uh, had some fun. He was tweeting this out on his Twitter page. Got to see, uh, got to sit in the Ford GT. Nice. Yeah, and, you know, guys, he's winning in the iRacing, uh, late, uh, super late model, guys, again. Uh, pretty cool that iRacing is still on the hood, and he's still putting up wins. It's good to see the promotion of it all through uh, through people that, you know, put some hard work in. All right. Next, hardware software. First, Miguel Paluto, who I remember used to be in Indy Lights, and I think he might even have started an IndyCar race a couple times, maybe. <laughs> He's from Brazil. Uh, anyway, look at his setup. He got a new NASCAR dash installed with a Max Pappas steering wheel. And boy, this is a sharp, sharp looking setup, guys, for a dash. It literally looks just like a real NASCAR Monster Cup Energy Cup car. The way the switches are laid out, the type of switches, I mean, it looks identical. That's a cool setup. That's exactly what I'd like to have. It, it, it looks exactly like they just pulled it out of a stock car and just stuck it, it in It does. Yeah. It, it does. And it's got a carbon fiber look to it. got big old, uh, you know, labels and so forth. I saw a guy that... Go ahead, Chris. I saw a guy that had something similar to this, um, you know, kind of for a more real-life race car. Then he even had, and this would be cool in this too, like he had vents in the front of it and had fans hooked up to the vents. So even those things worked like a regular dash would. This well, thing's got like that level of detail. <laughs> yeah, he's running a Fanatic, uh, the Fanatic wheelbase, the 2.5. So that has the uh, four mounting holes. So they can all they have to do is create a plate and that goes on it, and then build all the switches to that plate, and it screws right to the, the wheel. Is that how it's all put together? He's got it on both sides too. Well, you can go to that. What is is it? Derek something? I can't. What's the Derek, Derek Spears? Derek Spears. He has ones that just bolt straight in to uh, the Fanatic bolt pattern on the, because my Fanatic wheel has four bolts right around the actual part where you uh, put the, uh, you click the quick release into the, into the connection. That's where it would sit around and you just bolt it into those bolts. Imagine if you actually started to have, having to keep track of uh, brake blowers and things like that to help change the handling <laughs> of a car. Someday. I'm sure someday. Yeah. Um, okay, and I'm going to pick up this next one. Uh, also, Jeff Marble, who we spoke about earlier, whose uh, son was in the NASCAR Ignite series, he also asked me uh, to clarify the gyro cam settings that we talked about last week uh, briefly. And so I wanted to just go over those real quick. Um, also, we heard from a different listener, Sam Robinson, who also asked about, hey, what are those settings again? And so I'm going to open my app I and I right now, and I'm going to tell you guys what it says. The other thing with this, before you go there, Mike, this week at uh, if you're going to try it this week, practice it, especially for Bristol. Your head moves a lot at Bristol on this, so you're going to be a little bit thrown off if you've never done this before. Yeah, and it's most visible when you're on a bank trap uh, a banked track is when you'll feel it the most but anyway here's the numbers 
What I do is I search the word head or go to the very bottom of the app INI, and that's in uh, your documents folder and iRacing folder. And open app INI, and you go to the bottom and you find uh, driver head horizon, and I have it equals 1.0. Go right now, by default, it'll be 0.0. .0. So you change the 0 to a 1. Okay. Then there's another one driver head, no pitch. I have it at 1. Driver head wobble. I have that at 0. And then there's driver rotate head 1. And that's it. So change those settings, save the file, close it, relaunch the sim. Go out on a track and try it and see what you think. And that's what we call the gyro cam view anyway. If you want to get crazy, take that driver head wobble equals zero. Change that to 1.0 and see what you think. Uh, especially try that if you're in uh, the goggles. Uh, I can't imagine what that would look like with the goggles. Because the wobble thing is like when you go over a bump, your head wobbles and the whole view kind of moves up and down. Okay, what's next, uh, Greg? Are we doing the uh, Tony Grove fan club one? Yep, Tony Grove's fan club. I must have missed this one when I saw it. I guess it's a video. Um, so I guess they're, what are they, sim rig? Like they're a rig? Here, I'm trying to look at it here. We've seen these rigs before, and, but we just saw a picture of them. Now oh, we have okay. a video. I see what they are now. They're just, they're just made to look like chassis. They look like a, a race car kind of chassis. They have wheels on them and everything, but they're actually a simulator with a motion uh, aspect to it. They look pretty cool. Oh, yeah. They've got the angle on those uh, triples very, very steep. Yeah, the FOV is huge, huge old monitors. Uh, if you fast forward to a video to about, I don't know, 6 minutes, 50 seconds... You'll see the action of them uh, in the, you know, driving the rig, the rig moving around with the motion. Uh, you'll see his hardware, um, the wheel, he's got the shifter, the handbrake, the pedals, the seat, all are moving with him. The monitors are stationary. And uh, this is a web. Uh, excuse me, a YouTube channel from called The Hoonigans. And they have 1.8 million subscribers on their uh, YouTube channel. And they got some pretty nice looking sim rigs, I tell you what. And I didn't realize when we first saw these that they were motion. Uh, but now that you see the video, I'm like, wow, I really like it now. So what do you guys think? Uh, did you get a chance to look at this at all? And uh, he, I mean, their D-Box motion is what it is. I thought they were cool. I think it'd be cooler if the instead of them being off the ground like they are, they actually put working suspension with a lot of play in it so the, the tires stayed on the ground and then the rest of the rig moved around. Like It's kind of weird seeing something with the wheels hovering off the ground like that. It looks cool, but uh, it's odd to me. I like how the computer is behind the seat, like where the engine would be, uh, you know, because it's your engine. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And they, of course, they managed, they all, of course, with the, like, computers with tons of lights on them. 
the thing's glowing like a Christmas tree. I think that everything about it is awesome. Except for I changed that one thing, I'd have you know bigger suspension and not have the, the tires floating off the ground. He's got double 1080 Ti's in that computer. He's got two of them in the same box. I mean, why do you even need two of them? I don't even get it. I don't think I recently even used the other, but well, it, maybe exactly. just simulate like uh, real motor heat by putting those in there. Yeah, it, it's a pretty neat little setup. All right, Greg, what's next? Uh, looks like the last thing we got here is right down my alley here because I'm going to actually do this. Um, Sim Experience is looking for people to test their new, uh, what do they call it here, their new GS5G seat. Beta test. So it's a beta test. So they're trying their new shakers, I guess, here. And uh, they're, you know, they've posted it on their Facebook page. You know, you can register and be a, you got lots of time to test out. Uh, you can test it. Uh, I was just looking up the requirements here. Uh, it says you will need to deposit $2,000 and plus shipping and applicable tax taxes, but it would be refunded afterwards, I guess. It's just there for in case for damages. Now, remember, this is a seat that has the hydraulic paddles that kind of push up on your butt and your thighs and your lower back and upper back yeah, it looks and cool. to simulate kind of G-Force stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it. I'm going to send them an email tonight. There's a lot of money. Grand. <laughs> it's, just a, you can, it's just a down payment. Well, yeah, if you have it sitting around, you might as well have it sitting in their account instead of yours. Yeah. You know, it's coming back. That's right. Yeah. All right, let's uh, keep moving. We're out of time. Let's go over results real quick. Uh, let's talk about the rest of Michigan. Uh, I ran P22. Don't even remember what happened that race. Uh, Brett McCoy, P28 in the Thursday fixed. And then Friday open, Chris, you got a P7 uh, with Phil, uh, teammate Phil, finishing one spot behind you. You put clean race. Yeah, I don't remember a ton of that one either. Other than It was like most of Michigan, pretty clean racing, a lot of green flag runs. And I was P7. The only thing I remember about that race is trying to beat Phil. Our teammate Phil Linden was in the race with me, and he finished P8. And I was pedaling the hell out of a car with old tires, trying to make sure I stayed ahead of him because he doesn't really race that stuff all that often, the oval stuff. Every time he does, he hops in that A car and wheels it. Yeah, well, he always has good runs, it seems like. Uh, and then Sunday opened, uh, boy, Brent McCoy P6, Bobby Jonas P4, and Greg, you got P3. Good run for all of you. Yeah, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, yeah, okay, it was Brent that was in the race with me. We had no cautions in that race. That was wow. the full 80 laps, two tire, or two uh, pit stops, and it was a good race. I ran in the top five the whole race and just missed it a bit on the setup. I was good at the beginning of the race, and I just went the wrong way on the setup changes uh, in the pits and could only hang on to a th to third. Nice. Uh, Sunday fixed, I got P15. It was probably a 20th, pay, uh, 20th place car. Kept getting loose off, too. I eventually spun on my own and caused a caution. I can't believe I did that. Uh, there was a late caution when I was 22nd. Somehow made it up to 15th, man. I'll take that and run uh chris you had a bad night blown motor yeah i ran this is my only fixed race actually i ran a ton of opens last week and 
had a ton of clean racing. It was really good all week. And I don't, people just lost their minds in this one. We just had nothing but cautions starting the race. And I eventually didn't make it through one and uh, got a blow motor and parked it. He way back there, 30 probably. Yeah, I'm Brent McCoy, P15. All right, let's jump to Bristol. Wednesday, uh, yesterday, I ran the first Bristol race. I got DQ'd out at halfway. Uh, all caught up in other people's crap. None of that was my doing. And halfway through, I ran out of incidents. Uh, Chris, you ran the, the night race with me. Uh, I, I got a P6 in the open. I actually got wrecked about almost five minutes optional. Got it all repaired because there were so many cautions. Uh, there were only like 10 cars actually running at the end of the race. And so that's why I got a P6 and you got a P7. Yeah, it started started good. I got the pole for that race. I was in the eight car, which I'm a junior fan, so it's always fun to be in the eight car. And then it was just downhill from there. I spun off once on my own, got caught up in a couple wrecks, hit a guy that was just like sideways a lap and a half after the caution that came out. Just everything went bad. I had and I had John Hammer, crew chief, inform me that race and helped me out a ton, as he always does, getting around the track. But uh, I, my car was beat all the hell at that point, so wasn't much coming back from it. Yeah, he just came, quit wrecking my car, quit wrecking my car. I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying. There was a serious discussion after that went on for a while there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, the gifts were uh, flying around on Messenger for that night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then Bobby, he had a good run going, but got wrecked by some guy. And I think there was talk they were going to maybe uh, try to write up a protest. On the guy who was wrecking Bobby. So he had a P12 because of that. But uh, All right, let's talk about the last race earlier today. I got a P8. Um, I had a 1 minute 30 damage after getting wrecking somebody else's crap. I actually got all that fixed eventually. I was three laps down. Got wrecked again another 1 minute 30. And then I just kept getting wave buys and stuff and got back to the lead lap P8. And that was top split. Uh, Greg, uh, P2. Yeah, that was uh not expected. I was uh I was running top five, top six most of the race, but I was just kept adjusting on it. I went the wrong way on the first pit stop and really tightened made it tight and caused some problems with myself and those Phantom X's you know, I think it was by lap one I wanna say one hundred, one twenty five, but I was at eighteen X and I was like, Okay, now I gotta tiptoe around even if I get a 4x here or two bad 2x's here off a wall scrape or something, I'm I'm done. And then there was all for nothing. And so I just tiptoed around and cautions kept coming out and guys kept falling off. And I ended up starting restarting second with I think it was 15 to go and just you know held on to it. And then a caution came out with five to go and that was it. I got. Uh, P2 and I'll take it for right now. It was not expected and we'll go on. I didn't do any practicing. I didn't deserve the second. It just happened. Yeah, good run though still. I mean, that's some great points. Well, it's been a good couple. You know, my last three NIS races is second, third, second. So I just got to try and break through that. All right, let's jump into final thoughts. Uh, Chris Scales, what do you got? Final thoughts. Um, joined, uh, the old bastards racing league last week, had my first race with them, um, ran the, 
their cup car and had a blast, um, particularly with uh, Steve Thompson. We had him on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Super helpful getting me started with those guys. Been a lot of fun so far. Running the B car with them Saturday, and that's probably going to be the car I run the most of that doesn't interfere with the NIS Open stuff. But um, great first week with them, and looking forward to this weekend. And having fun at Bristol so far, even you know, regardless of the, the wrecks. All right. All right, Greg Hectus, uh, final thought. A uh, couple things here. Uh, first thing is, uh, I Mike and I were talking the other or talked last night. I will be whenever I'm on the podcast. I'm going to be streaming from my uh, page. So if you ever want to at least see what I'm doing while I'm we're doing the podcast, uh, you can go to twitch.tv is slash frozen cactus uh frozen's with two o's and cactuses with are with k k's um and uh i'm just excited for another week uh mike morley and i are going to be and phil at least are going to be participating in the uh le mans this weekend we're going to hopefully try and find a fourth here um there's another thing i was hoping if we can get out to the listeners here too i was should have added it in but uh does anyone know if there's anyone out there that can just let us know we're having problems getting a team paint job to work for in trading paints and we can't seem to why I've posted on the forums and nobody's answered the question to for it. So we can't seem to get a paint job that we've painted and uploaded into TeamSpeak or into trading paints to work. So if you guys could, uh, if you got any helpful t- uh, hints for us, uh, get back to me as soon as we can here so we can have a paint job for Mike and I do our Lama, or do a VRS endurance series, and then also we want one for Lamar. So I hope we have a good weekend here and uh, look forward to uh, the racing. Just make sure everybody loads the same paint to the same spot in the team thing on the I, you know, the trading paints page. I think it's the first guy who goes into the server has actually have the paint. Yeah, Mike and I have tried everything. We can't get it. To, it won't even show up in practices. Nothing. Have you tried just setting it as your personal paint? Yeah, it works in the single practices. It works in uh, that endurance sprint series, but it doesn't work in the team part of it. All right, well, well, we got a bunch of listeners out there. You guys heard him. Let's uh, get some answers. Hit us up on Twitter with that. All right, uh, thanks, Greg. Uh, David Hall, special guest, thank you for coming on. Uh, you're certainly welcome back anytime. Give us your final thoughts. I'm definitely looking forward to Le Mans. I'd just like to remind everybody it's a long race. Don't lose it on lap two. That's right. Good advice. It is a 24-hour race. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, my final thoughts, uh, boy, Bristol, I'm my confidence is high. I got an eighth and a sixth in the open and uh, also running a uh, actual spotter. I don't. Um, for the last several races, I've had a real person spotting me, an old teammate from long ago has contacted me out of the blue and started spotting for me. And I tell you what, it's quite a different experience. I think it's because he's so good at it too. But uh, to not have the robot spotter on during the entire race and to have a human there that actually knows what he's doing, and it's really changed the experience. So I'm actually looking forward to more races with the spotter. So, uh, And I'll talk about that more in the coming weeks. To say, quit wrecking my car. Not like that. Uh, <laughs> not like a crew chief, an old grumpy crew chief would would say it. But uh, but no, uh, like a TJ Majors would do it. It's all old hairy hog. All right. With that, we'll see you later.
Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.